So lower funnel direct response can be answered. It's picking apples off a tree. They're already grown. You pick them. These customers are ready to buy. They're down. They know who you are. They're in market. They know their category. You just pluck them off the tree. It's obviously an important function and, and it's something every marketer needs to do. But you also need to generate future demand. You need to plant apple trees to be picked later. Because if all you do is pick apples off the current trees, then like your market dies, right? Hello and welcome to Growth Masterminds. I really like this podcast that you're about to listen to. My guest today was Chris Kelly. He's the CEO of Upwave. They call themselves an analytics platform for brand advertising. We talk about CTV ads, CTV targeting, CTV measurement, and more. We start with a study that says that half the data used for CTV ad targeting is incorrect. We talk about the benefits of CTV, limitations of CTV, also talk about the accessibility and affordability of CTV advertising for advertisers that don't want to spend $10 million a month. And we talk about the optimization capabilities and where they need to improve. And one of the best things about CTV, which is real-time adjustments to campaigns based on performance analysis. We also contrast some of the performance marketing versus brand marketing, where performance marketing you're looking to pick apples right away and brand building campaigns. Hey, maybe you want to plant some apple trees for future picking. And finally, we also talk about surround sound marketing. Enjoy. According to a new study, half the data used for CTV ad targeting is wrong. So who are your CTV ads actually reaching and how can you improve it? Hello and welcome to Growth Masterminds. My name, of course, is John here. CTV is growing super fast. We know this. Streaming is at record highs. This summer, it almost hit 40% of all TV viewing, and it's still growing. But CTV only gets 18 to 20% of the ad spend, while old-fashioned linear TV is still getting almost 60%. Could those two things be connected? Here to chat is Chris Kelly, CEO of Upwave, which offers analytics for measuring brand spend. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Appreciate you having me, John. Glad to be here. Awesome. Looking forward to chatting. Uh, let's just um, open right with the big question. Is targeting for CTV broken? I like it going straight to the the juicy headline. So I don't say it's broken. I say it's early. So I think there's a bunch of things that give angst to marketers about CTV. You could say some of, some of the fraud protection is broken. There's too many opportunities uh, for a marketer to be surprised by learning where their ads are running. You could say there's a brand safety problem. You could say there's a contextual problem of not knowing the uh, underlying context of the, of the placements of your, of your ads, what shows you're running on um, and what those shows are about. So there's a bunch of things that uh, do give marketers uh, a, lot of, a lot of angst right now. But I think the, the core concept of targeting and getting the ad in front of the right audience, um, I don't think it's broken. Maybe that's because that takes, I would say, a pessimistic lens. I take the optimistic lens of uh, it's early, but I do believe in the proverbial best of both worlds for CTV that everyone talks about, right? That you have the granular targeting of digital and the full screen immersive storytelling of linear and putting those together gives you CTV or better said than that. I heard someone from Roku once say that it's the, uh, beauty of linear and the brains of digital, which is a, uh, a pithier way to say it. So thank you to the. The Roku person like who said no one at conference, yes. I like that a lot. The beauty in the brains. Excellent. Let's take a step backward then. Uh, 
talk about targeting on CTV and what it looks like. Uh, it's got to be obviously better than just linear TV. Here's the rough demographic. Here's like the zip code, that sort of thing. But what data do you actually have to target on? Yeah, you're, so your main premise is right. It is just a world ahead of uh, linear where you still have people thinking of campaigns from, this isn't every uh, advertiser. There are some data-driven linear advertisers, but still a lot of linear conversations happen on agent demo. And a lot of the, the currency reporting back is on agent demo. They're, that's changing with some al alternative currencies moving more towards advanced audiences, but still linear does operate in an agent demo world. And you even hear that leak into the mainstream conversation about shows. You read, you read uh, articles out of Hollywood saying this show is meant to attract young men, young, young women, middle-aged uh, uh, people like this and that. And that is still thinking from that kind of old school agent gender mindset. And yeah, CTV brings what you'd expect from a digital first platform. So you, I do see advertisers uh, using third-party audiences. So saying just like you would for a web campaign 10, uh, 15 years ago, I want to uh, target people who have done this behavior. A third party has collected that behavior. I want to target that. You see people bringing their first party audiences. Um, and it's sometimes easier workflow than they could have done that through addressable TV uh, partners, through MVPD partners uh, years ago. But sometimes the workflow is easier to do through um, CTV to say, here's my first party data. I want to reach people who uh, have this trait or I, I look like that first party data to, to make it uh, a larger data set, depending on on how large your, your seed is. Um, and sometimes you see uh, a little bit of the more down funnel signals. You, of course, can target CTV ads to uh, retarget website visitors, right? You, ca you can take some of those, those down funnel digital approaches to CTV. Um, and it's certainly a balance still of getting the right reach and scale without being too granular. So you, as you'd imagine, uh, for an upper funnel brand building campaign, there's, um, you want to reach the right person and you need to reach enough of the right person. There's trade-offs there, right? There's trade-offs. Mm -hmm. You could have perfect, perfect targeting and have uh, no false positives of someone hitting, seeing your ad and you could reach and one person. Here's your audience of five people. Exactly. There's five people, but they are precisely who you want to reach. Like that, that would not make a CTV advertiser happy. So there's obviously just the, 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 some natural, uh, healthy tension in the, in the math of, of, of the reach and the precision. Um, so that's, those conversations are, are happening. But the thing I, th I think is exciting about CTV is how targeting is just one leg of the stool that mm -hmm. marketers look at to see how are we measuring what actually happens, right? If you think of there's, there's different components that make a campaign work, right? You have like oversimplified, you could talk about the creative, the media and the targeting, right? So great. What, what ad are you showing to someone? the actual media placement, where is it running? And then who's seeing it, right? And you can control all those things kind of independently, right? You could run in the same streaming app, that's the same media, the same type of ad unit, uh, but totally different targeting or totally different creative. So if you look at all three of those, you can independently look at which one is driving the outcome you want. Do you want a brand outcome for that campaign uh, at the top of the funnel? Do you want a mid-funnel behavioral outcome? Do you want a lower funnel sales outcome? Whatever your outcome is, you should be able to look with modern measurement tools and say, am I getting success with my creative, with my media, with my targeting? What's the interplay between those, those factors? And then what should I change? Like maybe I need to swap the creatives I'm running. Maybe I'm overpaying for that uh, media placement, but not that one. Maybe this targeting is driving outcomes and this, tar this, this type of targeting is, is not. So I think that's what's really exciting about CTV does 
has leapfrogged years ahead of linear in terms of looking at what the components of the targeting, the media, the creative that are working and making changes that day <laughs> in some cases, um, depending on how the buy is done to say we can make changes right away versus linear. That's you're, you're, you're not doing that, right? You're not, you're not ripping up the plan <laughs> the day that you look at the, the dashboard to say what's working. It, it's super interesting if you think about it in context, because of course we think about CTV, we look at linear and oh, wow, amazing. It's incredible. So much better targeting, you know, uh, addressability, uh, ability to shift, shift on the fly, all that stuff. But also if you look at mobile, the world that singular is mostly in, but not exclusively, but mostly. If you think back to a couple of years ago on iOS and today on Android, think, wow, we could actually do very amazing targeting on very specific things and a lot of behavioral targeting. And it was absolutely incredible. So this 50% right and 50% wrong, I mean, that's crap. On the other hand, you look at today on iOS with SKAD network, IDFA is very scarce. Uh, targeting is hard. Targeting has mostly shifted to the content communities, the walled gardens. The, yeah. You know, Facebook can say, well, what do you want? I know what's here. And there we go. Right. And other ad networks and other ad platforms have their means of doing it as well. It's interesting how the world has evolved in terms of all these different things. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's kind of two pieces of that that I think are really interesting if you juxtapose mobile versus CTV as channels. One is reaching people versus households. And the other is what part of the funnel you're trying to uh, move the, the consumer down, right? So on the uh, mobile is the ultimate, uh, the most intimate <laughs> device we have that's right there to one, to one person, one screen in one person's face. Television is not the case, right? Television, you have a big CTV screen hanging in your living room and could be two, three, four, five plus uh, people watching. Maybe you're Having friends over to watch a football game, you have 12 people watching the same ad. Um, so this, and that is a whole part of TV measurement is co-viewing, understanding how many people are actually seeing the ad, whereas in mobile, you're going to assume it's, it's one person, right? So um, that's part of it. And, and you have to think differently when you think of a household medium. And it's interesting, intellectually for marketers think of, well, I may be reaching in one large screen ad, I may be reaching the decision maker. Uh, an influencer, someone who's not relevant to the product decision, right? Because I may have three people sitting watching the TV ad at once. So, and it, it, that impacts your targeting too, right? Because in some categories, you need to uh, only show the ad to one person, right? There's there's uh, products and services that I may buy that my spouse may not, and vice versa. And there's products that it's a household decision, so reaching either of us um, is is equally influential. So that household versus um, device level is is interesting as you think of that mobile comparison. And also the, the different parts of the funnel. And I'm sure people on mobile would, would not say that mobile is only useful for lower funnel campaigns and not useful for upper funnel campaigns. I'm sure there's great stories of mobile being used for uh, building brand awareness, but kind of the, the lazy reputation of most, yes. uh, that most people would have about mobile is, oh, it's, it's great for lower funnel. It's great for direct response. Get to click here and download. Click here and make the purchase. Uh, click here and do something right here, right now on your phone. Whereas CTV is being more used now, that it's hard to come across exact data on this of what percentage of CTV is for upper funnel versus lower funnel goals for the campaign. But I think it's pretty safe to say it's safe majority of upper funnel CTV is because that storytelling ability, that that immersive full screen storytelling ability we talked about, it's very powerful for 
upper funnel. Um, so I think um, you're seeing a lot of dollars rushed to that with upper funnel goals rushed to CTV. Uh, that being said, I think no, no one is arguing that CTV can't be used for lower funnel, that it can't be as effective as mobile. Maybe there's still some kind of user experience mechanics to work out. On mobile, you, you can click right there on the ad and the, the download button's right there. And, um, you can, it's a little clunkier with a remote control and CTV to take some action, but there's a lot of um, ad platforms and the streaming apps themselves that, that trying to get you have a linkage between you're using your phone while watching the streaming app on your big screen TV and the product appears right there on your phone or it, you're logged in so you can click this to save that product and then it shows up on your phone to buy. So there's a lot of work being done to try to have that lower font for lower funnel campaigns, that connection from the big screen to the mobile phone. So um, still very early there. I think um, there, there's nothing that I think in five years, we'll look back and laugh at how s s kind of simple the ad units were on CTV because there's, there's so much innovation that's, that's going to happen there. Because um, mm -hmm. basically they, for the most part, look like we took linear ads and shoved them onto CTV or we took <laughs> mobile ads and shoved them onto a bigger screen. And, and uh, just now, really this year, people thinking, what is a CTV first ad? If I started from scratch and designed an ad unit in 2023 for connected television experience, what would that ad unit look like? So yeah, those are some interesting kind of parts of that. Uh, mobile to CTV comparison that, that we like keeping an eye on. Let's explore that uh, a moment, if you would, in, in terms of what does a CTV first ad look like? And if we think about that in, in general, Roku announced, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe a month ago or something like that, a, a, uh, a, connect, a, str a strategic alignment with Sp not Spotify, sorry, uh, Shopify. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds the same. Yeah. <laughs> Shopify, and so then there's this connection. <laughs> exactly, one does music, one does products. <laughs> um, so there was basically a connection between an ad. You click on it. You could, you could buy one click if you set it up properly in your Roku settings and everything like that. We keep thinking and we keep hearing little bits of things from Amazon, which of course has Prime, yeah. which is massive, right? And Amazon knows your purchase history to the nth degree, and it knows your viewing history as well. I mean, you got to think that there's going to be some very, very powerful ad units that come out of this. Yeah, I think that's right. With And the key there is the alignment between the campaign goal, which should is based on what part of the funnel the the user is right and the um and the ad unit i think i saw, saw a lot of the press i'm sure you did maybe this is what you're referring to with amazon prime on black friday and um and having a football game for the first time ever an nfl game for the first time ever on black friday and the biggest shopping day of the year um it's good good analogy for we we think about the funnel like a football field actually where we think it's silly if marketers think that the only that success of every campaign is getting a sale. That would be like in an NFL context saying every play needs to get in the end zone. And I'm just going to yeah. look at my list of plays and see which one got in the end zone and only run those plays, right? Then you just one run a one yard two B sneaks every play as a hybrid getting <laughs> It's a touch push every yeah, time. <laughs> I'm an Eagles fan. We call that the brotherly shove uh, yes. in, in, for Eagles fans. So yes, the brotherly shove would be run every time because look at that high rate of, of getting in the end zone. But of course, like you need, you need plays besides a brotherly shove to get you down the field. So that's, that's brand building. There's fields that there's plays that get you down the field. There's marketing campaigns that get you down the funnel. So before the consumer is ready to buy. So I think, um, it, it can't just be a knee jerk reaction of saying, Hey, every, every single campaign, we're going to stick a buy button on, right? Like you wouldn't mm -hmm. introduce a new type of BMW and say, buy now. Do you want to go buy BMW? You just heard about it for the first time. In that purchase, buy a car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and or luxury goods or, or 
goods that are uh, driven by um, kind of event-based purchasing, right? Like you, you, I'm not going to buy cold and flu medicine just because I saw an ad for it. They're going to uh, keep, I'm going to have that product in my consideration set. And then we'll have the event of a kid getting sick. I'm going to run to the store and then buy the cold and flu mm-hmm. medicines. So there's a bunch of reasons we shouldn't just be sticking by now, but on every single product, um, just some based on the category, some based on even, even things that you can buy on your phone. Like you have to move the consumer down the funnel and you should be spending your screen real estate building your brand favorability, building your brand awareness, building your purchase intent before you say, um, buy, but there, but there's certainly some crossover effects. There's been some great, um, research published. I forget the, the, the outlet that put it out, but I can find it and share it with your audience after the, after the podcast, but research showing the crossover effect of brand building ads do almost <laughs> as a side effect, drive sales and direct response ads do as a side effect, build your brands. The, the former effect is, is stronger than the latter. This perfect piece of research found. So um, that's interesting too, to think about, even in a brand building campaign, we might get sales, but does that mean we stick a buy now button all over the screen? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think it'd be a lot of interesting conversations over what are, what are the right ad units? How do we think about putting a purchase um, action in front of the consumer? Where do we put it? Which screen do we put it on? Can we jump from this, the big screen to my phone for the buy now? Can, can we use it for retargeting that to you? Don't try to get me to buy the product the minute I see the TV ad, but you try to hit me on on a mobile phone at a more relevant time, right? You hit me when I'm going to the store. You hit me when I hop in uh, uh, a ride share, you know, that I'm going somewhere. So there's a bunch of, I think, really interesting interplay between CTV and mobile, uh, thinking through that the different roles of ads in different parts of the funnel. Are you, are you getting, or is this the first and 10 play you're getting the consumer down the field or is this the, uh, the one yard, at the one yard line you're getting into the end zone? Um, so that's really interesting to think about. I think there's probably not enough conversation about how kind of the, the we need to be context dependent on where we are in the funnel to know what ad unit we're going to put on the screen versus everyone rushing to look. Because the, the mainstream media basically says like, oh my gosh, there can be buy buttons on your CTV ads. Isn't that great? And the answer is maybe, but <laughs> depending on the context and depending on the campaign. It, it's it's funny to, to hear you talk about that because um, obviously I come mostly from the world of mobile and mostly people do want an app install and there is an app install button. And of course, you don't necessarily put that on a CDV ad, but you might put, it's not that effective, but you can do a QR code or you can just, but quite more, more frequently we're seeing a brand building campaign. And that makes sense because the decision to buy something or to install an app is usually overdetermined. It's usually not the result of one particular stimuli yep. or two or three. It's usually multiple. And if it's just the result of one on the spur of the moment, it may not even be a strong motivation that leads to engaged and profitable use or or, or purchase down the road. Right. Yep. So that makes a ton of sense. And we see more and more brand focused uh, campaigns from the larger app publishers, the larger studios, the Rovios of the world, right? Clash of Clans, uh, um, Supercells of the world, that sort of thing. I yeah. do want to um, come back to targeting because we talked about how it was half wrong or half right. And you said, hey, it's early. What needs to be fixed or solved or changed for targeting on CTV to get better? Yeah, I think I always come at this from a lens of what what's our goal of better targeting? Our, our goal is better outcomes, right? We want a better brand outcome, better behavior outcome, better business outcome. So everything should be in service of a better outcome, right? Better targeting for targeting's sake doesn't matter, right? I always use the the white box test. If your ad was just nothing but a white blank box, 
like would the metric matter? Because you could have you could have a lot of clicks on a something that's a white box. You could have high viewability. You could have have high attention in theory, right? You could show the white box to, to the right audience. But like presumably, <laughs> if if an ad was nothing but a literally a white box and of 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 white pixels, that like nothing would happen in the real world. So you're still reminding me of the first ever ad on the web, which is a box that, with a little mouse icon thing. You have never clicked here before. And, yeah. you know, almost everybody did. Click through was in the 95% range. Was it was like it an AT&T or something? It wasn't. <laughs> I think it was. I've read that. It was really useless. <laughs> Things like that. So imagine going all the way. So that, that's a good test of, okay, um, are we solving for this metric? Uh, if so, like, would it, would this metric, could this metric look good in the white box scenario? Cause I've heard of, you know, some platforms say we're, our outcome is video completions. It's like, well, that's not an outcome. That's a delivery metric, right? Cause you can show, you can have a video completion of a white box ad and like nothing would, that would not be, that would be a waste of money. So let's not solve, solve to that. So I always come back to, okay, what, what are we actually trying to solve for from, from an outcome standpoint? And I think, um, a lot of that comes down to, if we want better outcomes from better targeting on CTV. A lot of it comes down to what we can change, right? We don't necessarily know at the start of a campaign that showing this creative to this type of audience is going to lead to that outcome. So it shouldn't, all the energy shouldn't be about nailing it from the start, right? Um, it's about what happens once the campaign goes live, right? The old, I guess we have a lot of sports analogies here. So I'll use the old Mike Tyson quote, right? Everyone has a plan before they get punched in the mouth, right? So everyone, yeah. every media plan looks perfect before it launches. So you have to be able to adjust and say, hey, we thought that uh, based on our, like our offline uh, research that um, young men from this trait were going to buy this product and react well to this ad or and they're going to take the outcome we desired from this campaign. Um, so we got to show them the ad on CT, uh, this, the, our CTV uh, partners for a campaign. And then what if that doesn't happen? So I think when we, when we talk about targeting, it's as much about how do you just have better capabilities and more bells and whistles on the types of audiences that CTV partners and the uh, DSPs that, that reach CTV inventory lets you hit? Like there, there's plenty of bells and whistles being added every week and that's great. But I think the what's really cool is thinking of um, how those partners let you change. So I get excited watching DSP partners say, here, here's how we're going to change the targeting and here's how we're going to let you change your bids. Um, and bid on a CTV ad based on knowing what's working in the campaign and what's and what's not. So doing that kind of that real time optimization, I think that actually is what matters more. So if someone said, "Hey, I have a new, I have a new capability to take some action for mobile and put it on on to target CTV um, ad to someone who downloaded your competitor's mobile app yesterday," right? You can imagine stitching together that that workflow, like. That's great, but what we don't know is will that work. So what's cool is actually changing, changing the optimizing the campaign, changing the targeting um, to say here's here's what's actually I want to show ads more to this group and less to that group. So we think about like when will we stop thinking of targeting a CTV as early? I think it's actually when the optimization improves more so than the kind of targeting per se uh, improves. I, I like that a lot. And that um, is something that uh, a lot of marketers have learned, whether it's on the web or whether it's on mobile, is is 
quickly adjusting, learning, failing, testing, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work. And the nice thing that is that you can do that on CTV without spending the six-figure sums or even maybe the five-figure <laughs> sums that you're spending on linear, right? To Oh, shoot, we just wasted $150,000 there. We totally failed. We <laughs> targeted yeah, the wrong totally, yeah. no, that You're right. Though. And that's interesting. That ties to some other threads of this conversation about... Um, uh, creative and and knowing what part of the funnel you're you're in because the barriers to entry to CTV are lower. So you're that's that's definitely true. Um, they have come down on linear too. It's the 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 number the budget you would need to test on linear is lower than it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. So it's great work of companies making linear activation easier, but it's still more expensive to test in linear. So if you're an advertiser coming from uh, buying Facebook ads or buying Google ads, you're going to start in CTV before you're starting in linear in in most mm -hmm. cases. So the barriers to entry are lowering, which is great. It means, and that's kind of this question I've heard phrased across the ecosystem. When you look at us, think of a, a, a CTV app and they say, who, who's going to be the base for this? Is it um, the 200 customer base of the broadcast networks? Like the, the famous broadcast networks have probably 200 advertisers that are their revenue. Or is it the 10 million that like Facebook has something like 10 million customers, right? Because anyone with a small business can, can be a Facebook advertiser. So which, which, what will CTV be? And it's probably somewhere in between, but it's certainly going to be, it is more than, than 200. So the barriers to entry are coming down. So more types of businesses can advertise on CTV. But then you think of, well, who are these advertisers, right? Because the, those top 200 brands that advertise on the NBCs, the CBS, the ABCs, those are sophisticated national brand builders. You know how to have kind of brand storytelling to build, to, uh, to generate future demand at the top of the funnel. Um, that's different than you think of a Bob's Auto Shop. And no offense to the Bob's Auto Shop out there. I'm sure they're sophisticated marketers. Like, do they know how to have a, a beautiful brand storytelling ad or do they just want like more foot traffic? So, um, and if you're a, a streaming ad with like high-end content, high-end sports content, or do you want Bob's Auto Shop ad uh, in the stream? And that maybe they do, maybe they don't. That's the decisions that they have to make around what type of advertisers they want and what what programming. But it's interesting to think of the creative we'll get as we have different advertisers come. And that, again, the creative needs to tie to what part of the funnel you're in. So if you're trying, if your local store trying to drive um, foot traffic to a local sale, then your ad is going to look different than if you're a national uh, campaign rolling out uh, high level awareness. Um, and there's some in between, right? There's, I'm not saying you can't be a brand builder if you're uh, a local um, company, just the, just the math of it is, is harder to say if your audience is only one town, it's hard to think about brand building the same way when your audience is, is millions and millions of consumers. So that's really interesting to think of what, what CTV ads will look like. And, and you can tell, right? So you're watching, um, a CTV, uh, program and you see like the national car ad and then some kind of Instagram focused advertiser <laughs> up and then back to the beer brand. I think that's really Interesting. And I think it's great. I think it's, it's if monetizing access to these channels for more marketers, that is obviously a net positive for everyone, for the marketers, for, for the, for the media sellers. Um, but it's going to lead to more thinking around, okay, what tools do we have to give different ad units and different tool sets to different types of marketers? We, let's not assume that we give a national car brand, the same ad units, and the same tool sets that we give a local business. They're just going to have, they're going to have a different approach to how they think about uh, running out. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. 
And it also is a good segue kind of because we talked off the top about the number of dollars, the percentage of dollars that we're going to CTD versus linear. And we talked about where the actual shift is in consumer behavior, which is all moving towards linear and uh, linear TV uh, moving towards streaming. Linear TV dropped below 50% for the first time ever this yeah. summer. Uh, there was a report that came out about that. And so what I'm seeing is quite a few advertisers who advertise, let's say, in the five figures a month or so, right? The 20000 to $80,000 a month or so. Now turning to CTV, looking at that, testing it, trying it, seeing it, how it compares, how it acts, what it does well, what it doesn't do well. Uh, talk to those people um, about some of the results you're seeing on CTV when it's done well um, at driving both brand and ultimately conversions. Yeah. Yeah, our, our data is mostly around the the first piece because we're, we're brought in and our software is brought in to measure the brand impact you get from running campaigns on CTV and linear and digital and, and web and mobile and streaming audio, whatever channel you're using, we measure the brand impact of it. And then we're used to optimize uh, and, and to uh, get more impact from the same campaign. So uh, we're, see we're brought in as kind of the top of funnel uh, software platform to, uh, to measure those campaigns. And what we are seeing is that um, CTV does work. Um, like some astounding stats we found, and like big asterisk, we'll ignore cost data on this, but the, the amount of impressions that you need to generate the same brand bump from um, a digital banner ad or a, an online video ad versus a CTV ad is, is astounding. It was um, something like six, six plus um, uh, digital ads to the same brand bump you get from the CTV ad. Now, maybe six times as expensive. So there's like, <laughs> we won't get into those, the, those details and we're, we, we don't always have cost data. So that's not always our business to, to dive into, but it, it, those units do work and it, it does speak to the power of that full screen immersive storytelling. So I'd say that the data is in like getting, getting someone's attention off full screen does, uh, ha is a great way to build brands. Um, we have now what we've heard, we don't, so we're not brought in to measure the kind of lower funnel direct response impact. Um, what kind of saddens me when I hear is a lot of, I talk to small business marketers or direct to consumer marketers or just friends running businesses and say, oh, I, I tried CTV and didn't back out. And I say, well, what do you mean by that? You, you lined up your spend on Facebook and Google and um, CTV and you want an immediate action. So you're looking for a ROAS and they say, yeah, it, it doesn't back out. I was like, well, I mean, of course, it's you're you're paying maybe a twenty seven dollars CPM for a, a moment to tell your story on a big screen, and you're comparing it for with it to getting immediate sales with Google branded search. <laughs> it's like, well, and also like, what what do you think is driving that branded search? People don't wake up in the morning and uh, uh, just know what your brand is. Like something some something uh, informed them to know what your brand is. That's driving branded search on Google. So sometimes there's I think some silly cross channel comparisons that again comes back to the the kind of confusion of what part of the funnel you're in and i think just just trying to use ctv as a straight um uh kind of performance channel and not understanding that there is a brand building impact and being patient enough to say hey ctv may not drive is making you to click on the ad and download the app as fast as mobile naturally mm -hmm. if that's your goal for a campaign but like that increased awareness is going to, to pay off um an analogy we heard from one of our customers, I think that's germane here, is you should think of marketing as two separate functions, as generating 
future demand and capturing existing demand, right? So, and the analogy that this customer gave us was apple trees. So, uh, demand, uh, capturing current demand. Uh, so lower funnel direct response can be answered. It's picking apples off a tree. They're already grown. You pick them. These customers are ready to buy. They're down. They know who you are. They're in market. They know their category. You just pluck them off the tree. That's obviously an important function and, and that's something every marketer needs to do. But you also need to generate future demand. You need to plant apple trees to be picked later. Because if all you do is pick apples off the current trees, then like your market dies, right? Trees die and you're not going to grow, like you're not getting any growth. And the, there are marketers who do that. You just kind of chase lower funnel people already in market and then you, you're not, you're not building your brand to generate future, future demand. Um, mm-hmm. so you have, you have to do both. And I think if, um, sometimes, uh, marketers who are newer to the brand building world don't really get that distinction. And they'll say, Oh, I, I ran on CTV and I, I didn't, I didn't pick enough apples right away. I picked more apples on, on Facebook or Google. And you have to think, well, hold on. What, what is CTV necessarily the best apple picking channel for you? Is, is it also a great channel to plant apples and people who download your app on, um, on Facebook? next month, first heard of you four times on a CTV ad that told a great memorable story about your brand and built favorability and built brand association. So it's a matter of knowing kind of the, the, the business function you're doing with, um, with those different channels. So that's, I think there's still some confusion of, uh, I've seen a lot of markers write off CTV if they just say, this is, this is my Apple picking ch- channel. I, sure. I need to, I need to, like, I'm paying for it. Like, you know, that kind of overly simplistic thinking I've Advertising has to drive sales, so therefore every campaign needs to drive sales. So therefore, I spent money on that channel, didn't drive sales. I'm cutting it, and that's definitely not optimal to long term growth of that business because you have to you have to plant those apple trees. You have to generate future demand, even if those apples are plucked off of other channels like mobile and and, and Facebook and Google. So I think it, it's using these these different uh, media channels in in concert with each other is important. So that's that's I guess. That's the advice I do give to small business marketers when I talk to them and tell them our, our, this apple picking analogy we got from a customer. So I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. And there's something about it that reminds me of what I heard from a, I'm not sure if she was a brand marketer or a performance marketer. She was for a, uh, a massive consumer packaged goods company. Um, you name it. I, I can't, I, I don't even remember. And she talked about surround sound marketing. And and clearly this matters to organizations of a certain size, right? There's there's a certain size of company start total startup, you know, small app, five people, ten people, um, and they're just looking to pick the apples. And the trees better be planted by the ecosystem or the world or whatever. But you get to a certain level and a certain size, and maybe you're at twenty, thirty, fifty, hundred million dollars in revenue something like that you need to also plant those plant those trees right and that surround sound marketing component comes in because as we said earlier everything is overdetermined you don't just make a decision based on one thing you typically have to see it three four or five times you see something on ctv that's powerful you said it was 6x of a digital ad that makes sense because the number of ads on ctv is far lower and it's a guaranteed full screen experience Mm -hmm. right while you're waiting for your content to come in right after that so that makes perfect sense but then you, you see the ad on facebook or you see the ad somewhere else in another app that you're using and that surround sound marketing effect kicks in and you've seen the brand a couple times you know the brand a couple uh, you know a couple things about the brand you have an emotive reaction an emotional reaction to the brand maybe if it's positive and then there's an actual call to action you're much more aligned with actually taking that action that makes ton of sense i can i can buy that and i can see that and i can see the growth of ctv yeah. coming 
we got to bring this to an end. It's been a long time. Last kicks, anything to sum up our conversation with? Yeah, I like one, I'm going to steal the surround sound marketing analogy. So thank you for sharing that. I, I love that. And that's a, another a memorable way to think about uh, how to use different channels to achieve your, your business goals through advertising. So yeah, I'd say, uh, I guess my, my closing arguments, if we're in a potential debate season, my, <laughs> the my closing statement, like, public opinion about CTV. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'd say we, we should, we should be pro CTV. Uh, we should, we should welcome CTV into our budgets. Uh, yes, it's early. Uh, yes, it's not perfect. Yes. You may have read scary headlines about, uh, fraud here and there, but there's a lot of smart people working to stamp out, stamp out, uh, that fraud to stamp out some of that confusion where these ads are running. And, and there's so, so many smart, um, people working every day on improving the CTV ecosystem. And I think that in retail media by far is like the, the hottest parts of the ad space. So they're getting the most attention. They're getting the most investment from investors who are like companies, hire engineers to build uh, new products in that space. So, so certainly, um, uh, be, be positive on the future outlook of CTV. And like I said, know, know it's, know, know its role, right? Know that it may not necessarily be the best channel for you to drive that immediate uh, action and drive that immediate download, that immediate sale. Uh, but sometimes it's, it's, um, uh, planting the tree for you to, to pick the future Apple from another channel. So if you take that approach to it, that I think CTV can be a very powerful, um, channel. I know it's, it's expensive, but, uh, for a lot of marketers are finding that investment is worthwhile because they're, they're getting that, that future business value from it. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great conversation, John. 